0: the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. This is Camel Call Live. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. We have a great show for you tonight. We have Campbell head football coach Mike Minter with us. We have coming up after the first half hour with Coach Minter, we will have the head coach from our back-to-back regular season champion women's soccer team, as Jeff Gross is here as well. We got a lot of great stuff to talk about, and we'll start with on Saturday afternoon on the road, Campbell football overcame a 23-7 second quarter deficit to come back and beat CAA foe Monmouth 45-31. to It is probably one of, if not the best road win in the history of Campbell football, and Coach Minner joining me now, I wonder if you felt the same way.
1: Chris, um, definitely the, the biggest win um, we've had since I've been here on the road. Um, it, it's you know it's Mammoth, and and they have great football program. Um, they got great history, and you know we we played them three times previous, and and um, they beat us up in those three games, and and now you know to go on the road and to win the way we did, um, in the fashion that we did, definitely. Um, the biggest road game um, victory that we've had since I've been here.
0: Yeah, and and I remind people, if if you want to see the progression of your team and what is going on, Monmouth, when they were in the Big South, they won the Big South the last two years, beat your team by an average of 23 points. Now, that was when you guys were just coming up in conference. So that says all you need to know. It was a 7-7 game, Coach Monmouth. They had a long drive to score. They made it 14-7. to then a mishandled kickoff gave them the ball back. They scored on their first play after a long run. All of a sudden, you're down 23-7. to There's four minutes and change left in the second quarter. What was said on the sideline to turn that game around?
1: Well, you know, we didn't. We knew at the end of the day, Chris, it's a 60-minute game. And what I've told my people is this. As long as you get to two scores with five minutes to go in the game, you, you have an opportunity to win the game. So what happens in the first quarter or the second quarter or the third quarter, it doesn't matter to us. And we've been training that way. So um, we we didn't panic. We just stayed in our moment. We knew at this point we in the middle ten, what we call the middle ten. And it's the um, last five minutes of the first half and the first five minutes of the second half. And and so this is what we got to do now. We got to win this this area. And and um, the guys did that to, you know, Score ten points in in those four minutes.
0: Then you put together from that talking about that a nine play sixty nine yard drive that started with four straight rushes. So no panic. It ended with the twelve yard TD pass to Cheney Fitzgerald. Talk about the composure of your team on that drive and what a big drive that was.
1: Yes, uh, again when you when you always the same guy right, then you you don't have to worry about the the moment. That comes your way because you always in process and and that's really what happened with our offense it was just normal let's just move the ball and do what we do run here throw the ball here and get the ball to our playmakers and let them make plays and and uh, whatever that takes to get the football in the end zone that's what it takes and you know coach Whedon does a great job of keeping his guys grounded in the moment and so what I've done is I've broken the game up into pieces so people can stay in the moment of the piece and not the overall what just happened um, type thing. And so um, our start fast that gets us to the middle 10, from the middle 10, now you you begin to get into the fourth quarter, the finish, and um, that, that's how we chop it up, man, so we can stay focused throughout the game.
0: You certainly stayed focused and chopped up 23 to 14. Then you punt their offense had been doing a number on you guys until then. The first play f- from scrimmage after you cut it to 23 to 14, their all conference back ran for two yards. You called a timeout right there. Talk about that decision at the time. I will never second guess you or anything like that. I'm like, okay, all right. He has a lot of confidence that they're going to stop this offense. What what went behind that decision?
1: Well, what I knew about Monmouth is, you know, you up 23 to 7. You feeling pretty good about yourself, even though you just gave up a a touchdown. Okay, um, let's be conservative. Let's go into the locker room with this 23 to 14 lead. um, And they hand the ball to their best player. He gets two yards. I said, oh, okay, we got them. let's 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 see what they're going to do on second down. Right. And that's really what I wanted to do is get them in a second down conversation and then see what they were going to do with the ball at that point.
0: Yeah, you ended up stopping them. Your defense, they had to punt into a win. You got it back, set up in position for that field goal to in the half. So it was a 10 point swing. It got it down to a one score game. I noticed the momentum, and what was the momentum like in the locker room? What was the discussion?
1: Well, we, we was we was calm. I didn't even talk to them at halftime. I, um, the coaches did their thing. They talked to the kids about the adjustments, um, and this is our halftime, right? So it's, it's not anything different, and, um, you know, the kids were like, you going to talk to us? I said, no, you're you good. Go out there and do <laughs> what you do, and um, that's what they did. So the coaches, man, I got a great coaching staff. Um, As a head coach, you only win and lose based off of your coaching staff. And so what happened in the second half, it's all them. And and the players listening and connecting to the information to then go out there and perform in the second half the way they did. Um, You know, kudos to everybody.
0: Uh, You score on the first three drives of the second half to take the lead. And eventually go on go on to the win. What what went so right for the offense? How did they catch their stride?
1: Well, again, um when we come out of halftime, um, our mission on offense is to score two out of the first three drives. That's our mission. Defense is to stop the first drive. Okay. So we get momentum with that. And that's what we was going to try to do. And so this is a again, this is a thing we've been practicing since Um, spring ball is is how do you come out of halftime and get two for three for offense and one for one for um, defense and now you got the momentum and now you can close out the game
0: um speaking of offense uh, Nakari Rogers he's your sophomore he was pretty good last year he's really really good this year 152 yards one of the best rushing days ever uh in scholarship play he had three TDs and he was awarded By the CAA, he's the Offensive Player of the Week. Now, I tell everybody this. Hey, this isn't like the Big South when there was five teams in your football conference. If you get a Player of the Week award, you've been better than 15 other teams, all these players. What does that say that you have gotten back-to-back, your team has gotten back-to-back CAA Players of the Week offensively?
1: Well, I said your offense is really, really good, right? (laughs) So um, you you got players all over the football field, and and to be able to perform – um, win the game in so many different ways. I think that's really the mark of, of a really good football team or a team in general is that you can win in a variety of ways. Look, Hodge last week, throw the ball around. Um, Hodge, get it to everybody. You, you put up 50 points um, because of your quarterback. This week, okay, Hodge, you know, got hobbled up a little bit. Um, and so now we got to lean on that offensive line and give the ball to a running back. And the Kari Rogers, he takes over, right? So, all those ways of, of doing it, Chris, is, is just unbelievable to um, be able to coach these guys because you know that your team is always going to be in it, especially with an offense the way that we have uh, with so many guys that can take over a game.
0: Let's go to the defense now. You basically have three guys that return for you on defense. Most of the guys didn't even play in this system last year. You have a brand new. 27 year old defensive coordinator. I have seen them grow not only game to game, but from one half to another coach, you've played some pretty darn good teams. Your defense has given up a total, a total of just 18 points in the second half this season. What adjustments have you been making?
1: Well, I think you hit it, um, the defense and the staff, they got to get into rhythm because they haven't played together. So they don't they don't know each other. They don't know the opponents. And so um, that first half is really kind of like boxing, right? Okay, this is what you're going to do. This is this is how you're going to attack me. All right, all right, that's your best shot. Got you. Now let's come out in the second half and let's really um, make our adjustments. And, you know, Coach Miller's been doing a great job um, along with Coach Adams because Coach Adams was my defensive coordinator last year. And so now you got really two defensive coordinators that can help each other at halftime. You got a guy up front, guy in the back end, and then all of a sudden they come out with a different um, game plan to stop um, number 20. Because he was a, you know, this guy was a, a, a menace in the first half. And, and um, But again, the guys being able to be um, taught and coached at halftime to, to take them adjustments and then go execute those adjustments is another thing too. So you got to give the coaches a, a, a great, um, you know, round of applause because of the the fact that they're able to take this information, connect the kid to it so the kid can go play.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you're talking about uh, number 20, Sheridan, who was the best rusher. He had more yards than anybody in all of FCS or FBS last year. He got you guys in the first half. He didn't uh, in, the, in the second half. And I know this is a statistic that, this is not something that, that that jumps out on the highlights for you or you even see on the box score, but your team only three penalties the entire game. That is something that I know has to, has to bring a smile to your face.
1: Absolutely. It, it, it goes to our pillars that we talk about uh, being tough and being smart. So the smart piece is where you get the penalties, right? You got to be disciplined. You got to know what you're doing. Um, and, and these guys are just getting better and better. So when you train – and you taught, then you do the right things at game time. And, and that's really what's going on. So the coaches are doing a great job of training these guys day in and day out. Um, so you don't get those penalties in those situations. You calm, you you, you, you have poise and confidence um, throughout the game. And um, one of those penalties was on us as coaches, right? So we were trying to get some substitutions going, um, and we did. And we had 12 on the field. Um, so really it was only two and, and, um, and so at the, at, you know, on Mondays we practice and we got to run one tens for every penalty. And so they only had two, um, (laughs) today. And so everybody was happy. And, um, I think that might be something that, yeah, right? you know, reward them <laughs> and, and motivate them to not get too many of them.
0: I was going to ask how you do it, but that's probably reason number one <laughs> right there. All right. Well, congratulations, Coach. We will flip the page to next week. We'll also talk about your Carolina Panthers. Of course, you were in the secondary on that team in the NFL for 10 years. Uh, they're playing Monday Night Football again, let, again tonight. The first time me and you met was at a Monday night football game, and we'll talk about that when we come after the break. Also coming up in our second half hour, we talk women's soccer with head coach Jeff Gross. That's all coming up here on Camel Call Live. Welcome back into Campbell Call live from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington. Football is back in Bowie's Creek this Saturday at 6 p.m. Campbell takes on conference foe Elon, our brand new free fan zone for kids of all ages. Pepsi Tailgate Town opens at 3 just outside the front gates. We will have live music for you uh this time so uh a stage set up some live music it'll be a lot of fun and again this year kids 12 and under in for free with the purchase of an adult ticket tickets at gocamels.com and 1-877-GO-HUMPS every time you come here and join us here at the county seat for the live show you get a chance to win prizes we're going to give away in the second half hours we talk some women's soccer some um now classic logo gear um but we for this first half hour have four tickets to give away for the game coming up this weekend versus Elon. 626 279. 626, there we go, 279. We have a winner. Thank you for playing 626 279. A free four pack of tickets. We'll give away some Campbell gear coming up in the second half hour. All right, Coach. Back to it. Before we talk about this week's week's end's opponent in Elon, we are going to talk about Monday Night Football. Your Carolina Panthers. Of course, you were in the secondary as a starter there for a decade. Won an NFC Championship with that team. The only team you played for in the NFL. And it always brings up to the story where none of us really realized it until you were hired here. But um, some 20 years ago now, man, maybe 22 years ago. Uh, the Carolina Panthers with uh, Mike Minner in the secondary, they were hosting Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers on uh, on on Monday night. And I had just moved to North Carolina. I was working at a local TV station in New Bern, North Carolina. And my news director said, you're going to go up, you're going to cover the game. And he said, look, if the Panthers win by 40 or more importantly, if they lose by 40, you go into the locker room, and you find Mike Minter. He's going to give you 10 seconds of soundbite gold, whether they lose by a lot or win by a lot. So the game gets over. You didn't lose by a lot, but you lost. And so I asked somebody where Mike Minter is, and you're sitting at your locker, and you have this, this face on. You don't, you don't make <laughs> it with me much anymore, but you have this face like, I can't believe we just lost or whatever, this kind of skull. So I've come up all 24 years old. Of me. I come up real gently. I'm like, M- Mr. Minter? Can I interview you? And you say yes. And you give me 10 seconds of sound by gold, and I have uh, my interview after the game. That's where we just met, where we first met. Ten years later, I'm here. You're, you're here as well. When you think back to it, – it's different now because there's Sunday night games. There's Thursday night games. There's a couple of games tonight on Monday night. But back then, Monday night was it, and it was special. Talk about what it was like playing – on those Monday night games?
1: Oh, man, Monday night was um, really what it was all about. As a kid growing up, it was about Monday night football. And um, to get an opportunity to play there, everybody in the in the world is watching you play that night. And um, so the the energy, the electricity, all of that stuff is what you feel. So, you know, I was able to play in playoff games. I was able to play in the Super Bowl. And Monday night football, was like a playoff game. It didn't matter who you was playing. You knew it was a big matchup because they didn't put everybody on Monday yep. night. Yep. And, um, and so it was, it was, it was a beautiful moment. Um, you, you know, your first one, right. And then you, you want to go back home. You want to watch it. You want to <laughs> see what they said, you know, how to, you know, commentators was talking about you and all that good stuff. And, and so it was, it was really fun to, to, um, you know, look, look back on it and, and um, enjoy those moments that I had as a player.
0: no doubt, no doubt. Monday Night Football was, um, was certainly something. All right, Elon, back to Saturday Night Football. Campbell hosts Elon, 6 o'clock, uh, coming up at Barker Lane Stadium. Now, Elon, just 90 minutes away from here. You guys played as non-conference foes back in 2022. It was a very close one-point game. So how is exciting is it for you to have a close conference rival like Elon in football?
1: Well, I think it could be really, really good for the program. I think for us at in North Carolina, um, it can be really fun to have somebody that's right next door that you can compete with every single year and, um, you know, make it something big. Um, you know, I'm sure um, these guys are excited, too, because they, they haven't had any of that either. Um, they, they, they're in the middle of us in A&T, and so maybe, you know, they're closer to A&T than they're closer to us, but. Us three, man, we can we can have some fun uh, with this CAA stuff and and really uh, battle each other for the for the you know the, the future, man. Yeah. Until we go to the FBS.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. Okay, that's uh you you you're a little bit ahead of me now. That'll be next week's show. That's what we call a tease <laughs> in the in, in the radio business. Um. You mentioned A&T, too, and and that's a great thing. So they do have partners where it's a a big conference. Fifteen are in the conference right now, and some are football only. But you'll be playing NCA&T and and Elon every year. They're alternate home in a way. So some rivalries will will truly be built. This Elon team this year, they played a tough schedule. They lost but played well against Wake Forest. Uh, They lost at Gardner-Webb. We know Gardner-Webb winning the Big South last year. What do you see from them when you, when you look at them on tape?
1: Well, I see coach man, um all over this football team. They, they, they're going to be disciplined. They're going to play tough. The, you know, they're going to be sound. They're not going to make um, mistakes. Um, defensively, I, I really like their scheme. Um, they don't give up big plays. Um, and so they're going to really make you work on offense. Uh, when you look at their offense, it's, it's about the running game. Um, they're going to hand the ball to that running back who's an FBS transfer. Um, that dropped down to those guys last year. Um, I think he was a thousand yard back last year, and and um, he one of the best backs in the league. So you know, we just keep on, we just keep on getting these great running backs week in and week out. Um, but but you know, this football team is um, one of the teams that was picked in the top half of of our conference. So they was picked somewhere in the top five, and and um, and so this this is a playoff football team, and we're not. We're not talking about a a football team that um, you know, just barely making it. This these guys was in the playoffs last year and and um you know they looking to get back there. And so, man, this is gonna be a tough physical um football game on, on Saturday night, and we're looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they beat up NCANT 260 yards on the ground. You mentioned Jalen Hampton. He had over 150 uh, yards for them. How great is it to come back home? And I know we'll be talking after this game. A, a lot of road stuff left, but 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 that first game. How, how great was the atmosphere playing at home? And how much are you all looking forward to it?
1: it? It was really good because you know Thursday night game, first um, game of the season, and you playing the you know top five team in the country. So so that was really fun. The hurricane probably dampened things a little bit um, as far as the crowd and, and the size of the crowd, but. Um, you know, look, we have no excuses now. Um, Elon is right down the street. Everybody needs to be there. And uh, we're going to need all that support um, of, a, of a home crowd to um, try to get this victory. And so it, it's going to be fun to come back because our atmosphere is so much different, Chris, as you guys have done a great job of creating the college feel of a football game. Um, at home, it's it's you know you got the Pepsi tailgate stuff going on and and then we got the walk from the tunnel, the band going, the cheerleaders going. So now it's starting to feel like uh, a college football um, atmosphere at 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 home, and and so that's really tough because you practice in a stadium, and now you're going to play a game. How do you create the moment to be different? And you guys have done an excellent job of doing that.
0: And that camel walk that you mentioned—that's uh, something that that you have really enjoyed. And, and what it is, right before the tailgate town opens, so we're talking about three hours and fifteen minutes before the start of the game. You guys, from where you eat over to Student Union, you come over, you walk under the ta- uh, under the un- under the road in the tunnel, and the band leads you, the cheerleading leads you. It was really quite a scene,
1: wasn't it? No, it really is, and and they do a great job of um, creating the the energy. So now my guys when they walking across the street over to the stadium now they starting to feel like okay man it's time to get ready right um so little things like that it's it's amazing how um you know big it is for a football team to get ready to go play um a game and and so man it's been fun um i I look forward to it um the camel walk man and and um you know i never had that nebraska we didn't we we didn't have a camel walk. I guess we had the tunnel
0: walk. Yeah, you, you just came out of the tunnel and there were yeah, yeah, there. a hundred thousand people yeah. there. There ain't nothing else to do in Nebraska but watch football. I, you know
1: that. Yeah, and volleyball. <laughs> by, by I the had way. volleyball <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah.
0: Those are the, the, the those are the greatest fans. It's funny you do that of course, back to back national champions at at Nebraska. And and it's something like that game day. And that game day atmosphere means something. Do you, do you ever think back of, of Nebraska and what a special and what a special special place that was, and what you were a part of? The- oh,
1: absolutely, man. I mean, this is you know you talk about history, and um, you you being part of that. And, and this is what I tell my guys. I say, I man, listen, guys, you can create history, you know, in in the moments, and when you look back, you're gonna be amazed that you was part of that, and and that's how. I, I look back at the Nebraska years at my Panther years is is look back and say, oh, wow, I was I was actually part of that. Man, that, that was pretty cool. And and um, so I try to teach my guys, man, make your history uh, while you have an opportunity to. And um, when you're in the present, you got an opportunity.
0: Yeah. And another chapter of that history will be written this Saturday, six o'clock. There's only three more home games left, folks, with the schedule of moving back to the to the CAA. So this Saturday. Six o'clock, Campbell takes on Elon. Tickets at gocamels.com, 1-877-GO-HUMPTS. Humps. we will have live play-by-play for you, Lyndall Suggs. Andy Bowman will be on the call, gocamels.com, and the Varsity Sports Network. And uh, we'll be over giving you the TV play-by-play on Flow Sports. When we come back after the break, we will talk about football. Not American football, but uh, soccer, as women's soccer will take Front center as we talk to head coach Jeff Gross. That's all coming up after the break. back to the county seat in downtown Lillington. Next week on Camel Call Live, we will talk men's soccer with our head coach, Dustin Fonder. But this week, we talk about our women's team. And joining me now, the man who, in his first year as head coach, led our women's soccer team to their second straight regular season title. This week, he takes his team on the road. He'll take on William & Mary Thursday night, the College of Charleston on Sunday. Before returning home a week from Sunday, Sunday, October 1st, they will take on UNC W And Jeff, you went toe to toe with two of the best teams in the entire conference this last week. It was close to two matches. You got a result in one, a tie versus Northeastern. What did you take away from your team playing the top two teams in the conference?
2: Yeah, and actually uh, in the first four games, we've played th- the top three teams now. True. And actually one of those teams is the, the fourth team is in fifth place. So we've, (laughs) we've gone head to head (laughs) with the top of the table, if you will. And, you know, the players not knowing the teams is a big deal because they don't know what's coming and then they have to figure it out while they're playing. And I thought the first two games, um, Stony Brook and Hofstra, we, we did well considering, you know, that's our first long road trip. You're going to two places you've never played. Um, and I thought we did well there. I was a little disappointed. We didn't get out of the Hofstra game with a point, uh, but we got one with Stony Brook. So I felt like that was a good step. And then the concern was, you know, are we going to attack people? You know, are we going to attack the other teams. And I thought the response for the Northeastern game was was proper by us. Uh, you know, when you're up 3-1, you, you should win the game to be quite fair. But you're playing against teams that are have a ton of experience. And right now we have a team that's doesn't have as much experience as some of those teams. And we're still butting heads with them, which I appreciate. So, um, you know, oh, two and two in the league. And, you know, I wish we were maybe one, two and one, uh, to be fair. So. I think now they know the level is, I think they know they can handle it. And I'm really eager to see what they put together on Thursday.
0: It's an interesting point you mentioned, and I know you're not using it um, as an excuse, but it was interesting when, when we were in the big South and a new team would come into the big South and I talked to coaches and I'd say, you know, how is it the first year in the conference? I really like the conference in that, but you know, we have to prepare for 10 new teams. Mm -hmm. Every time we're playing a conference game, it's a new team that we haven't played before. You all have to prepare for for one new team. There is something to that, because as much prep that needs to go into things, you are really writing a brand new book and a brand new scouting report on every single team you play.
2: Yeah. And, I, you know, I think the other twist that people may not know is when, you know, you play in a 10 team conference, you usually have eight or nine non-conference games to play before yep. you even play a conference game. And this time we only had five non-conference games And we have 12 conference games and you know normally we have six but somebody dropped us late and i couldn't replace it so we're you know we don't have as many games as we normally do and then we're going to get thrown into a conference that's better clearly better which is good i think the players are up for that so you know i know a lot of the teams because i've either coached against them or or i know the coaches so that was helpful but the players have to go play against the teams and learn all the nuances so I feel like we've I think I think we've adjusted fairly well. Um, I'd like to see us put up a little better fight, put some balls in the back of the net. But I think we're getting closer.
0: So many close matches. You've had three ties and the other six matches, five of them have been decided by one goal. Good knowing that you are in every game. I would imagine a lot of heartburn medicine as well for you, huh? Uh,
2: yes and no. I mean, it's a young team, you know, and you know this, right? We graduated 10 players and several of those were big time players, right? A a lot of them were a ton of experience. And when you have teams that are winning championships, they usually have a ton of experience, but what follows that is usually the next cycle of people trying to gain experience. And I think our group's doing a really good job with that, you know? So, yeah, no, I don't know about heartburn. I just trying to work hard on the process and, you know, trying to challenge them, but also be patient with them at the same time but also trying to keep their spirits in the right place because this group's used to winning and now they're up against, you know, Hey, this is a different level and they're in the fight. So hopefully we take the next step here soon.
0: Uh, I know there are so many positives of what's going on with your teams, as we say, and go to toe to toe with the top five teams, the top half of the table and that, but also to your, your solid defense. I, I think it's a, a 1.3 goals against average, especially again with, some injuries that you have and and moving some some different players in there you you got to be proud about how your defense has shown up this year so far
2: yeah i mean i'm i'm proud with the group in general because de, you know defending is not just you know three or four defenders and a goalkeeper it's the entire team absolutely and so so's goal scoring like you you need the defenders to be the start of the attack and i think overall the group has bought into the defending side you know, sometimes it's that's the easiest part work through because all you're doing is organizing how you respond to how other teams do things the harder part is figuring out your rhythm of how you're going to play together and this group hadn't played together yet right you got some really good freshmen that have come in and they're playing with the returners and they're still you know they're still finding their way but they're in a good place so overall i'm pleased with the fact that we've been really competitive game to game and now i just think we got to keep trying to find our rhythm and figure out how to create some more chances
0: Overall, we have talked about it a a few times, but now that you're in it, tell us about this, this CAA, this conference. Not only are there good teams, but they really care about about soccer, too. But but this is one of the one of the premier conferences on the on the East Coast, really, when you look at it from top to bottom.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's got a tremendous history in women's soccer and it's. You know, I can't remember if it was 10 or 12 years ago. It may be even sooner than that. It, it was they had four teams in the NCAA tournament. Oh, wow. They had, uh, you know, the team that won the tournament, but they had three at large bids. So you're talking about some people that really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And it is a conference that cares about women's soccer. It's it's obvious when you have 13 teams in a, in a conference like that. It's, you know, up and down the East Coast and you get varied styles of play. You know, you go play some kids from Massachusetts they're a little more hard-nosed than maybe some (laughs) kids you play from other places and you have to go through that whole experience. So that's (laughs) been a lot of fun too. And and our kids are responding to it. So yeah, it's a really good conference. And, uh, you know, it's going to be smashed together. You know, I think for a few years before we got in, there was, it was a little top heavy and a little not so good on the bottom, but I think it's really smashed together and some teams that were struggling are they're right there in the top four or top five right now. And that's where we're going to end up eventually. Um, You know, we just need to keep grinding on playing these teams and getting the experience and getting some young players in here that can really get after it. So it's been a lot of fun.
0: You mentioned how the uh, schedulers didn't do you any favors in your first year (laughs) in the CAA. Your first conference road trip was to Long Island. Um, You went up there and uh, we talked about it beforehand. You experience both the best parts of the conference and the parts that are a little bit more challenging. Tell me, first of all, the best part of it, that the trips back to an area that, you know, well, um, you had a little time. It's leave on a Wednesday, come back on a Sunday. Um, you, you had a little time to see a little bit being in one of the biggest media markets in the in the country.
2: Yeah. You know, the 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 women have been excited about the travel and OK, you get thrown into it right away. Right. You got to travel to Long Island, which. If you've never been to Long Island, it's a unique place and you're going to play, you know, Hofstra who's won either the regular season or the tournament the last five or six years. Stony Brook keeps evolving. Um, The trip itself was challenging because we were delayed going out, which means we, you know, weren't in rhythm when we got on the ground. And then we got home a day and a half later than we were supposed to. Yeah. And that, you know, I was really proud of how the players handled the whole trip. And then came back and competed at Northeastern. We did get to see the island a little bit. You know, you took them up to the Long Island Sound, a place called Port Jefferson. And we had dinner outside, and there was a live band nearby. And, you know, the kids were hanging out, having a great time. And they went and got ice cream and got to enjoy themselves. And then this group's about the game. So they were like, hey, can we get home? We want to get some rest, (laughs) I guess. Let's go, man. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And for me, it was great because I, I got to see... You know, when I moved there, I lived there for five years. I didn't know anybody there. And five of my closest friends came to see me wow. at different points. And that was cool to see all of my close friends from Long Island. And then to be able to, you know, go compete against two really good teams is a lot of fun as well.
0: When you think about your team, as you said, you not only lost a lot of seniors, you lost some, some seniors that have played three or four years, been starters for, for three and four years. When you look at this new team that is, that is still taking shape, who are your leaders? Who are the ones that that really help you make make this thing work?
2: Yeah. You know, it's hard to it's hard to make the change that we did because, you know, you had some women that knew how to compete at a really high level. And they most of the goals came from the three forwards. And, uh, you know, you do have some returning experience. You know, this is Laney's fifth year. It's Amber's yep. fifth year. You know, they've done a really good job leading the team. But I don't have captains and I do it on purpose because I think it it eliminates a hierarchy of leadership and it allows for people to emerge. And we're seeing, you know, we're seeing some other seniors raise up their level of leadership. Some juniors, some sophomores, even the freshmen are, are speaking up in our circle at the end of practice that the girls have a circle and they reflect on the day every day. And a lot of times it's the seniors and the juniors, but even the freshmen are chiming wow. in and you're like, that's pretty cool Yeah. to see all of that. So, you know, you're, Laney Amber are, are a big deal. You know, Bailey and Olivia are doing a fantastic job. Sage has been a, a really good leader. Reagan Biota does it in a very quiet way, but it's very heartfelt and people know. So it's been fun to watch all of that
0: emerge. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're going to talk more about this program um, and what's to come when we come back after the break. But first... It's a uh, it, it's a two-prize night here at Camel Call Live. We've got some polos to give away. So get out your tickets, and we'll have a uh, polo that you can come up here and get during the break for 626-275. 626-275. We got it. 626-275. We're going to give away a polo and come back with more of head women's soccer coach Jeff Gross. Coming up after the break here on Camel Call Live. Welcome in to Camel Call Live. We come to you from the County Seat Sports Grill in downtown Lillington every Monday from 630 to 730. Now, if you haven't already, we invite you to join the rebooted Fighting Camel Club. The Fighting Camel Club empowers student athletes to lead with purpose on and off the field. Donations to the FCC have helped fund facility enhancements, health and wellness improvements, career and professional development, recruiting and retaining coaches and more. Head to gocamels.com. Hit the give button for more information. We're talking women's soccer with head coach Jeff Gross. Coach, when you were out recruiting, and this is just year two of your program, you haven't even been here two years yet. This is year two uh, of you coming in and taking over this program. What, what are the things that you're saying about your program and this university?
2: Wow. Uh, I don't know if you have enough time in this one for <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, you know, the the success prior to me getting here was clear, right? Samar built this up uh, from maybe above average to really, really good. And, you know, my goal is to figure out how to continue that and then eventually build it in a way that it's sustainable beyond me. I think that's always got to be the goal. Um, the university, I just think, is a special place. It's just got this kind of centering energy You just enjoy being there every day. The, the go Go Ravens, um,
0: go
2: go Ravens. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you don't have to sell the university to anybody once they're there, like once they get there, it, it happens quickly in a day of recruit, like a recruit on campus all day. And it all is the same thing. People are awesome. Great environment you know, feel like I'm going to be in an educational setting that I can really challenge myself and grow. So these are all the things we get to portray to others. You know, I think it's helpful that my my staff is very engaging. I think I'm very engaging, and it's in a genuine way. We really like good people, so we try to find good people, and then you connect with them on on the on what is important to them, and then they hear what's important to us, and then they usually can put two and two together and go, wait a minute, that actually sounds like a good place. Let me go check it out. And then the has helped. I mean, that's you're playing at a more competitive level and people that really like to compete want it. Um, And then, you know, we're seeing more more women are, you know, aspiring to be professional players because there's more and more opportunities for them now. And we have some women here that that are aspiring. And, you know, we're trying to help them find that. And uh, people hear about that and they they want to get connected to it. So. There's, I don't know there's enough time I think that's a, <laughs> that's a summary I can give you but I, I think there's more to it than that
0: I, I, I love it and, and you mentioned it's a it's a adjective or maybe a verb that I haven't heard before it's a very centering place but I know you, you talking to me I know exactly that feeling when you're standing in an academic circle and you're looking around it's I, I describe it to people that, that haven't been there that it's sort of like a movie set if you say okay we're gonna we're gonna take you to a uh, to, to a, a, a southern, small university atmosphere that has big time stuff there. And and that's kind of that feeling you get. Centering is a good word.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, the other part that I think people get a little surprised by when they visit is they see the athletic facilities and they're like, wait a minute, this is like a whole other thing. Yeah. And like, when I came for my interview, I had been here several times to play games, but then I went on the athletics facility tour and I'm like, wait a minute, man, this is like a, This is like a power five place. There's like, you know, the football stadium and the baseball stadium, the soccer stadium, the soccer building and the locker rooms. And you're like, man, this place is set up for a lot of success. So I think that's a little hidden gem as well.
0: Coach, you already are, believe it or not, you know, you guys get on campus, they make you start playing games. It seems like three days later in that. So so you're already past the halfway point of your season. Uh, this Thursday away, then Sunday away, but then you're back home for three straight matches, October 1st, 5th, and 8th. All of those games can be seen on Flow Sports. Admission, though, is free. We'd love to see you out there in person. So as you think of, you got a lot of games left, five weeks left in this season. What are you hoping to see from this group over these next five weeks?
2: Yeah, you know, when you... When you play three of the top five forecasted teams in the first four games, you want to get out of it with something. And we did, we got out of it with two points and, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I want to win every game in sight every single time we play, but that's not always possible. And you know, the, I think the kids were disappointed yesterday that they lost. Right. And they, not that's a good sign. They care. Like it's, you can tell it stung a little bit. And so when I got in the locker room, I said, look, man, you got eight games left and there are a lot of people that haven't even played a conference game and you're using conference games to prepare for conference games (laughs) where other people got all these non-conference games. I said, you got eight games left. That's 24 points available. You know, sixth place, which is where the playoffs sixth place and higher. The history in the CAA is it's been 11 to 13 points. And somebody might say that's not a lot of points. And I would say you're right. That's because it's a highly competitive conference. So if you can get 11 to 13 points, you know, there's 24 points available. And we've seen literally first, second and third place. Yeah. So, you know, William and Mary's right there, top four as well. And, you know, you you want to go play these games Um, and this group's up for it. And I think once we get everybody back in the mix again, because we've been without one or two or three, You know, the last three games, I feel like we're kind of growing into ourselves a little bit, and I hope it translates into, you know, maybe getting a few more results. So just to continue to be competitive and continue to play to our identity, because we we want the ball, we want to enjoy the ball, we want to we want to play what everybody considers the right way um, and then continue to just be in the fight until the 90th minute every match. So I feel like we've done that fairly well. I just want to see us take another step and maybe be the aggressor um, in each game going forward.
0: You have a, a, a lot of fun events coming up uh, with this next homestand that comes up. We'll start with October first. Your next home game, a Sunday game at at two o'clock on October first. It's a Gabby's Angels game. Gabby, we've <laughs> told this story in baseball where, where it originated, but, but but she is a uh, a special needs young lady who has really grabbed a hold of of Campbell Athletics and she goes around to to a lot of games. But but as she started coming to soccer last year and and you and your team have really grabbed a hold of her and and really have, have made her feel like like one of the family. Can you talk a little bit on about her and what she kind of means to your team?
2: Well, Gabby's the good luck charm, man. I mean, last year when when we went on the run, she she came that first one she came to, we won. And then she was at all of the <laughs> other ones. And we were like, come on, you know, you're the good luck charm. And, and our kids, they enjoy seeing her uh, they, after every game. They will go over and say hi to her at halftime. On the way back into the locker room, they'll all say hi to her. She's got a wonderful spirit about her, her families. They're they're tremendous people. Um, and they and, you know, she has embraced everything. And all we did was just say, you know, baseball was kind of adopted her, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, you know, they have a bunch of classy young men on the baseball team. And we were like, well, let's raise our hand and let her know there's another sport that she can come spend some time with. And she's been the good luck charm. So it's always a treat to see her at the
0: games. And that's awesome. Again, looking for that fall sport, uh, that happens as well, because her her family used to tell me that that literally every time in the fall, she would ask how, how long it is till baseball season. Now she's asking when the next soccer game is. Yeah, that's really, cool. really special. We enjoy seeing her. Uh, then you guys will be back on October 5th at 7, that's Breast Cancer Awareness, and October 8th, a noon Sunday start, a salute um, to service. You, you, you have such a, a, such a team that they are really so involved both on and, and off the pitch, which I know has to make you feel good. You have, you, you have a lot of student-athletes that truly are student-athletes, and athletes, and they're involved in so much in campus that it has to make you proud of that part of your program as well.
2: Yeah, and, you know, I, I don't know that you can say that's part of my program. I just think that's part of the program. You know, that that was built before I got here. It's carried over. Um, I just do my best to support them at every turn and whatever they ask for. I do my best to make sure either I can support it or somebody supports it. And, you know, breast cancer awareness is important. Uh, salute to the troops is important. Um, they like doing these things. They, they like paying their respects to others. And,
0: and I think that these are appropriate ways to do that. Absolutely. So come on out and see the women's soccer team, a three game homestand coming up on October 1st, October 5th, October 8th. Admission is free to all Campbell women's soccer games. Get more information at gocamels.com. Uh, their final home match of the regular season will be October 19th. That'll kick off homecoming week with a 7 p.m. start on Thursday versus Elon. Jeff, thanks so much for spending time on your busy, busy week to come and say hey. I appreciate it, Chris. I always enjoy talking with you,
2: whether we're doing it on the air or off the air, so thanks very <laughs> same much. Same
0: here, same here. Uh, Campbell Women's Soccer, gocamels.com for more information. We'll be back next week to talk some men's soccer. Until then, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Camel Call Live.